many, many years later after I moved out, my parents found the hole in the wall. They're like, yo, what's this? I was like, yeah, I never told you about that one. But that was kind of how my, my anger used to manifest and how my wow. frustration would reveal itself was just through like, I would just kind of hold it in until I couldn't deal with it anymore. And then I'd throw knives out in the yard and throw yeah. bread outside and smash holes in walls. And- what is up, everybody? And welcome back to the Schooling Struggle Podcast. It is our belief that the only guarantee in life is that we are all going to struggle. And how we choose to embrace our struggles is what empowers us to become the best versions of ourselves. My name is Pete, coming to you from Heartland, Vermont. And with me is my friend and co-host, Mr. Todd Ellis. What's up, Todd? What's shaking, Bacon? What's happening, Peter? As you know, I record from my basement, and it is officially the end of October as we are recording right now. And I am super excited with the fact that we have not yet turned on the heat in my house. Oh. And if we can make it to November 1st without turning on the heat, that's a win for me. So we're one day away. So I'm really excited. What's the current, uh, what's the ambient temperature? Uh, 40, mid 40s outside, mid 60s inside. Oh, so what's the, what's the cutoff? It's a date or is it like, if it happens to go below 60, I'm turning on the heat in my house. We have a couple supplementary ways to heat the house. We have a heat pump and a wood stove, but uh-huh. the actual like burning of the liquid propane, the kind of, oh, like the, the furnace the, yeah. that kind of sustains all day long while we're at school uh, I got you. Um, is, is the main provider of the heat, but that isn't turned on just yet. So those who yeah. have known me for a long time know that I love this type of challenge. And if I was single, I'd roll it right until Christmas. <laughs> yeah. But you've, you've had wood, you've had fires in the, it's in the wood stove, I imagine. Yeah. 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 We just we had our first flick, flicked on the heater yet. We had our first, uh, first fire in the wood stove yesterday, the day before yesterday, it hit uh, 20, 26 at night. And I thought, ah, I could, I could heat this up overnight. And our wood stove is so efficient that my house is only like 1400 square feet. And before you know it, like you can manage it at like 70 and then you put an extra log in there before you know it, it's 77. You're opening all the windows. You're just like, Oh, what did we do <laughs> every year? It goes, but yeah, um, before, before we get into tonight's content, you and I were talking before I hit the record button and I was prepared to tell you that today has been a great day for me because I have not been showing a lot of discipline lately. I've been going to bed a little bit later than I want and not doing my workout in the morning, but doing it sometime mm-hmm. after school. Yep. And I went to bed last night and said, nope, no matter how tired I am tomorrow morning, I'm going to get up and do a workout. And I did, my, I did a workout before school. And I just, my day is just set up to be so much better <laughs> mentally, physically, my patience level, my level of energy. Everything is just better when I do a morning workout. Yeah. And it was, a, it was a nice reminder to me of the importance of doing that for me and the way that I function best. And I was really excited to get on here and tell you that, hey, I got up at 530 this morning and did a workout. Lo and behold, I find out. <laughs> I trust you. To his crazy <laughs> tactic once again. And uh, give the listeners just a really brief explanation of what you have going on this month. I'm, I'm assisting somebody with their entry of education into uh, the CrossFit realm. Said individual, who's my brother-in-law, is a um, trade plumber. So he gets up early to go to work anyways because his work is 50, 60 miles away from here. So he gets up. He typically gets up at 4 a.m. to go to work. So I made the commitment and told him that I would I would get up early before he goes to work to um, help him with his fitness. And so I, starting today, I got I get out of bed at 2.30 in the morning to uh, go to the local gym and teach him how to do some CrossFit. So unknowingly, I trumped you with your jolly, shining yeah. accomplishment. I'm going to get up at 2.28 this morning just so yeah. I can teach you. Don't yeah. start. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice to have keys to the gym, isn't it? Yeah, it's wonderful. 
Well, congrats on your 2.30 workout. And then I know Todd won't share this with the listeners, but he's a humble soul in training to set a personal record on 10Ks. Indeed. And he is also doing a running uh, regimen in addition to his 2.30 workouts uh, to try to take down his personal record, which I think is really admirable. Yeah, um, thanks. Super, super cool. Figure you, be better, you, better run, you better run fast while you still can. That's right. Because, you know, 47 <laughs> is the new 90 around my house. So. <laughs> So what do we um, got? Yeah, tell well, me, getting tell into tonight's content. So we are simultaneously, at least in my brain, I don't know if the listeners have been able to pick up on this, but we're running several what I call kind of different series or different themes of podcasts. We have our grounded series where we talk to people that I believe are just incredibly grounded people, and I'm excited to learn from them. We do our BYOS BYOS series, which is bring your own struggle. People come on and just kind of chat about what they have going on. We have our series with Doctor Slammin, which is fairly regular, and then. Oh, a number of months ago, I started the Storytime of Mr. D series. That's where right. I share struggles and lessons learned the hard way from past stories in my life. And recently, I've had a bunch of students ask, I used to have a short temper and my fuse would blow quickly. So they're asking for some specifics. And last <laughs> night, course. I was thinking tonight we'd do a, uh, we'd do a Storytime of Mr. D episode. And I texted my brother and said, hey, if I could share any story or if you'd want to hear any story from my past, what would you like to hear? And he's like, oh, tell those three stories where you lost your temper. So there's just been like this theme of like Pete's temper. And I decided, I'm going to decide to share about that tonight. Oh, so nice. instead of one longer story, uh, I have three quick anecdotes of times when I lost my temper back in the day. And then I texted you today in the middle of the day during my lunch break, Todd. And I said, hey, do you want to share about this? And you had a really interesting response. So I kind of want to do a two-part episode tonight. One where Great. I just kind of romp around with a couple of stories from my past that are kind of fun to tell and fun to listen to. And we can explore that a little bit. But what I'd really like to spend the second half of the episode doing is exploring the text exchange that we had today and the thought and perspective that you shared. And I'm going to leave the listener hanging with that one. So they stay tuned in for the second half of the episode. And these these three anecdotes aren't like super crazy but they're just ones that people around me that know me well and know me for a long time uh, kind of get a chuckle with. So the first time that I can really remember like losing my mind was I think I was probably eight or nine. And I just remember, you know, the things that we get upset about, like in the grand scheme, normally aren't that big of a deal. And especially when you're eight or nine, right? <laughs> yeah. And I got upset about something. I cannot remember what I was, but I do vividly remember my mother really upsetting me. And my mom wasn't the type that like yelled or got upset with us. Like to this day, I've never been grounded. I've never had like wow. a punishment or a consequence. My mom was kind of soft in that regard. It just wasn't her style to come down hard on us. And her her management or her parenting style was more of, you know that I love you. You know that I trust you. Let's keep the love and the trust. But my dad has a pretty, had a, he's come a long way, but he had a pretty short fuse when I was growing up. And of the three of us, my two brothers and I, I seem to get inherit that gene a little more <laughs> Lucky, <yeah. laughs> intensely than my two brothers. So yeah, I was known in the family as kind of being the hothead. Anyway, I'm eight or nine and I just remember being in the house that I grew up in Holyoke, Massachusetts. And I just remember being so angry with my mother mm. that I, I remember stop. I remember where I was standing, what I was looking at, stopping wow. and thinking, what's what's the meanest thing I can do to my mother right now that would like really get her? Huh. And 
I went out into the front yard. I lived in suburban Massachusetts, so like, you know, people's yards were taken care of, people's gardens were preened nicely. Well groomed, yep. And my mother had just planted all of her flowers for the summer. And I just went into that garden and just stomped and kicked and ripped out all of the flowers. Wow. And what's really interesting is a couple of years ago, I was putting in flowers all around my property with my daughter and partway through the project, she got upset with me when I went inside. I came out and all the flowers were ripped out of the ground. No way. And I called my mom to tell her and my mom was like, <laughs> she's like, ah, she's like, I knew it. It would come back and get you. So oh, um, that's the first time I remember like, you know, I got upset and I got angry as a kid. Uh, but that's the first time I remember like really losing my mind and thinking like, how can I get this person in a way that is just really, yeah. that's um, revenge, then, huh? Revengeful. <laughs> yeah. 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 And for the, the listeners that have listened to every episode of this, uh, I touched on this very early on in our podcast journey, Todd, but so we're in our, we're in our new house and I'm 13 or 14 and we moved in and we're having this, this meal and everything's going well. And we had this one steak knife that didn't cut it was just wasn't sharp enough to cut the steak. And every time you get this, getting that steak knife was like getting the short straw. Like yeah. there's, there's five steak knives in the house and one of them just, and, and I just, when you'd cut through the steak, it would just like, <laughs> it would make the plate like squeak, like, uh, oh, like that screeching noise, like, uh, like nails on a chalkboard type thing. And it would just like send a tingle through my spine. And I was so frustrated from seemingly always getting the short, the short straw or the steak knife that I just stood up. Door was right behind the dining room table. Steak knife goes out into the yard and sit back down and continue to have my meal. And my family's like, yo, what was that all about? I'm like, that steak knife. Like, we're not keeping that in the house. We're not keeping this in the house anymore. We're done with the steak knife. And as you know, a number of years later, I was having dinner with my family when I was starting to get into my, my like neurotic fitness phase. I went through a stage where it was really important to me. Fitness is all about aesthetics at that point. It's like how I looked. You know, I was, I was a lifeguard by the pool. I wanted to be a five oh, percent right. body fat or whatever. And um, I just kind of vilified bread. My family always put put a loaf of bread out. And my brother had his girlfriend over for the very first time. My brother still talks about this quite often <laughs> when we get together. But I went over and I said to my mom, like, hey, I thought we weren't going to eat bread. And she's like, well, you know, Jay's girlfriend is here for the first time. You know, Noel, it's nice to have you for our meal. Like, welcome to the, you know, welcome to the family. Welcome to sit down with us and have dinner. And I just walk over. I grab the entire loaf of bread, <laughs> open the back door. The loaf of bread goes out into the backyard. <laughs> she was so bad. She's uh, like, what is going on? And she was so baffled. I'm like, no, we're not eating bread in this house. This isn't happening. Like, <laughs> Who is you baffled? Know, your mom like, or Noel? Find something else to eat. Oh, my family knew me by that point. Oh, okay. But yeah, Noel. And Noel was probably like, <laughs> I, 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 my brother would have to say, but ninth or 10th grade at the time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was like the 20-year-old hothead that was uh, an older brother. You think she says so, your bread, your bread chucking brother, <laughs> your bread chucking brother. But I, I would lose, I would lose my mind. I can remember a time when um, I was in the treehouse and I was really upset with my my older brother, and I threw a rock and it hit him in the hit him in the head. Oh yeah, he chased me down, beat the crap oh, out of me. Oh yeah. But one of the other times I really lost my mind was I was at home and it was like a weekend night, and my best friend and my girlfriend would often kind of like haggle over my time right like uh -huh. my best friend want to spend time with me which is awesome my girlfriend wants to spend time with me which is awesome it wasn't great for like the three of us to hang out or yeah like, right you know oh, yeah. or he you know he'd want me to go out with the boys and she'd want me to you know have a date or whatever and um i just remember this like feeling and 
of like anxiety and anger like building up inside me. And for me, like I can feel that when that's happening, like my face gets red and my ears get hot. And I just like, I just, it's like builds up. And I don't know what to do. You know, like yeah. I honestly like feel like I'm going to explode. I manage that much better now, but at this point I was, um, you know, midway through high school, 16, 17 years old. And I, and I had conversations with both of them on the phone and I just didn't know what to do that night. And I was just so frustrated and I just went downstairs and I just jumped off the stairs and I just kicked the, like put my entire foot like through the wall. And there was a, there was a spot, the the hole in the wall or the, the marking in the sheetrock was about the size of like the windshield of a car. It was just <laughs> enormous. And I, and I took a poster and hung it up over that hole. Wow. The hole in the wall was covered for like 20 years. Many, many years later after I'd moved out, my parents found the hole in the wall. They're like, yo, what's this? I was like, yeah, I never told you about that one. But that was kind of how my, my anger used to manifest and how my wow. frustration would reveal itself was just through like, I would just kind of hold it in until I couldn't deal with it anymore. And then I'd throw knives out in the yard and throw yeah. bread outside and smash holes in walls. And Interesting. Um, and when I talk about, and a couple of ago, a couple episodes ago, we talked about strength training, and that was kind of the impetus for me to start to to make a change in some ways. And so, when I tell my students these stories, and they say, "Oh, you, Mister D, you know, you seem you're like you're one of the more positive people we know. You're really supportive. We, I can't see you getting angry like that." I'm like, "Well, one, I don't get angry like that anymore. I've kind of figured that out." But uh, so they say, like, "Well, you know, what was the change, or how did it happen?" And it was definitely, definitely slow over time. Mm-hmm. But when I think about like the difference between my mindset now and my mindset then is that I I'm starting to have a, a little bit more of an understanding of what I have control over and what I don't. But I do think that, and it's, it just sounds so like, I don't know, Pollyanna to say it, but I really do think the difference is awareness and gratitude and just, for me, it was very difficult at a young age to, to have any level of gratitude and to, not take everything for granted and because what you don't know is what you don't know. And I, and I really struggled with my anger and my temper. And I think when I started to be grateful for the things around me, things started to get better for me. Hmm. So what, like, what did you think you took for granted before? Like, if you think of one of the instances where you're like, you were irritated, like the, let's say the poster, the, the drywall one, like that's pretty excessive, right? Like, I, were you just blind I, to everything around I think you? What you I'm I think what I'm trying to say is like now if I feel myself getting angry or frustrated, like I can go to like gratitude and it's not oh. even necessarily related to the thing. You know, it's just like now I can be like, ah, yeah, this sucks and I'm really frustrated, but I have my health right now. I have people that oh, love okay. me. I have people that I love. I have a lot to be grateful for. and It would be silly for me to not think about that or be aware of that or recognize that and just let this little frustration own me. So that's the, kind of the dialogue you have. So you start thinking of like positive things or things that you're grateful for, and then you kind of kind of talk yourself out of it. Like because like, I have these yes. awesome things, what am I so mad about? Like this doesn't make any sense. Yes, and, and like you know, as you get older, you have awareness that like in the grand scheme, this little thing isn't as big of a deal from yeah. a thirty thousand foot view. But yeah, I think back then it was like in the moment I see this like welling up in my daughter sometimes is like 
I don't care about all these things that are good or positive or that I should be grateful for. In this moment, I am friggin' pissed off, yeah. and I'm, I'm going to do what I can to piss myself off more and to really, really stick it to the people around me. <laughs> That's the and, thing. Typically, it's you that you're sticking it to. <laughs> I mean, aside yeah. from the flower trampling, you just sit there <laughs> and, and ruminate about why you're so mad. This happens to me all the time. I'm so mad about this thing or I'm so upset about this thing that I just keep talking to myself about how mad I am about it. Before I know it, I'm like, I've been mad about this for days. Like, what am I doing? Like how is that mm. helping? Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, but you've got you found a good way out. I'd like to explore that a little bit more. Like, like, like just kind of like what the talk track is, right? Like, oh, I'm so I'm so thankful for these things, even though I'm you know I'm nearing the I'm seeing red all around me. I'm so thankful for these things, and then it just comes down incrementally. So, like, kind of how that works. It, it comes down pretty quick now at this mm-hmm. point. Like I also I can kind of quell it before it wells up too much. Yeah, you know, it was before. You know, if it was, I don't know, whatever, on a one to 10 scale, I could feel it rising. Yeah. You know, it'd go from like six to a 10 pretty quick. And now yep. it's like, eh, I can, I can, yeah. Do you, do you like get out of the situation? Do you like, like remove yourself from the situ- from the area? You know what I mean? Like if it's localized? Yeah. I feel like it's not so much a localized or situational as it is just like my, my mindset about yeah. something. Yeah. I don't find myself getting really upset, like in the moment about, oh, interesting. you know, so, so something that happens yeah. in public or or anything yeah, like yeah. that yeah huh. interesting um, yeah oh, so sure. you know i think about like tactical takeaways yeah I, i've i I've, I've done a good job at training myself into thinking in the moment uh, i shared this with my students the other day and and a couple days later they're like hey mr d that thing that you share with me was like one of the most powerful things and it's been really really helpful for me and i had a student that was going through a tough time and i'm like do you know about the rule of fives and todd t- stop me if i've talked about this in a recent episode you no know, keep going i'm apt to and i was like the rule of five for me has been helpful so the rule of fives is this the stimulus this thing that is frustrating me or angering me how am i going to feel about it five seconds from now how i'm going to feel about it five minutes from now how am i going to feel about it five hours from Ooh, now how am i going to feel about it five uh, days from now, how am I going to feel about it? Five weeks from now, five months, and five years. And we, at least my age of forty-five, I have a pretty good understanding right away. Is this a five-second or a five-minute or a five-hour, or is it so going to be longer? Than it, kind of. Like I'm going to fit this. Yeah, in. yeah. And it's like, like I used to say to my students, "You're frustrated about this thing in class right now." They're like, "Yep." I'm like, "Do you think you're going to be frustrated about it, frustrated about it when, you, <laughs> when you go to bed tonight?" Nope. Okay, so you're telling me you're going to let it go at some point? Yep. All right, well, the sooner you let it go, the more enjoyable your day is going to be. And that's what I kind of be for myself is like, yeah, this thing will probably be frustrating to me in five minutes, but probably not in five hours. Mm-hmm. So if, it's, if, if in four and a half hours I'm not going to be upset about it, why hang on to it for another four and a half minutes? Wow. You know What a skill. And, and that's that's been helpful for me. It's like, yeah, where does this lie in the grand scheme? And some some are big. Like, yeah, like this thing could impact me in five years, but I just got to kind of, you know, play it like that. And that's been, that's been helpful for me too. Is it play it like that or is it weigh it like that? Like if I can, if I can, if it's, if it's five months or if it's five years, then that, that predicates the amount of, of, um, mental energy you're going to use to get out of it or to keep thinking about it. Cause here's what would happen to me. And it always goes back to this godforsaken dog hair. Like I clean this all the time. <laughs> I was just thinking about this for the cross, for the, for the podcast. And, and here's what I thought my, here's what I thought to myself. Everybody leaves in the daytime. I run my robotic vacuum. I clean up. I clean it up to the point where I'm like, this is fantastic. The dogs don't, they just chill in their kennels because they know like, oh, we're not going to be playing around like we are when the wife's home, whatever. Jocelyn gets home, the kids come over and I'm just looking everywhere. I'm like, look, like just, this just undid everything that I've done all day long. Like, I mean, it didn't take me all day, but this undid everything. And then I started thinking to myself, 
is it just like it, how nice that must be to come home <laughs> to a house that's perfectly clean and then not have to care about who cleans it up. And so that starts the cycle and then it just goes. And so if I thought to myself, am I going to be mad about this in five minutes? Well, you damn right. I'm going to be mad about this in five minutes. I'm going to be mad about this next, next tomorrow. I'm going to be mad about this. You know, like this habitually just keeps going on. So I wonder like if that was the case for you, if you can wrap your head around that, like you just talk yourself out of it or, or does it go to another point where you're like, listen, family gather around. This really irritates me. What can we do about this? Because this is habitually a thing for me. Yeah, it's a great question. So, so my response to that is if it, if it's just a one-time thing in five minutes, the dog came in with mud on their feet. They don't it's n- normally don't come in with mud on their feet. That's a yeah. five minute or you're probably not going to deal with it in five hours. You just kind of let that go. Right. Mm. Maybe the same for a five hour. But what I'm hearing you say is you have these dogs. These dogs shed dog hair every day. Yeah. The, the dog hair gets all over things that you don't want to have dog hair on. And you're more comfortable. Your mind is more clear. Your your time at home is more enjoyable when there isn't dog hair on the Absolutely. stuff that you don't want dog hair yeah. on. Right? Yep. Probability says those dogs are going to live for more than five years, Todd. <laughs> there it is. Right? Because then right? I go, then I look at the dogs and I'm like, it's not your fault. But then I hold this resentment for my wife because she's the one who's keeps bringing these dogs home. So that's not healthy, right? So, yeah. So, so our conversations in the past have led me to believe you don't have plans on getting divorced in the next five years, and no. these dogs aren't probably aren't going to die in the next five years. No, probably not. So at that point, that's a five year thing. Yeah. So what can you do now to assuage that? So that's maybe a get together as a family I have see. a conversation. I see. So okay. So that's helpful. But, so yeah. That's that's how you do it then. You you. How long is the duration or what can I expect from this? What am I going to do to alleviate it, if anything, and then and, and then create an action plan from there? Yeah. So when you talk about habitual, and we had a listener email us this past week and talk about a habitual thing that's going on in their household with a family member. And yeah, it's a different conversation than a one-time thing, right? So so I try to think that through. It's like, all right, is this a one-time thing or is this like, where does this lie in the rule of fives? Uh, interesting. Yeah, the rule of fives. I like that. Patent that one, buddy. So earlier today, I gave you a text and I said, episode prep, just think of a time when you were insanely angry. So I wanted to kind of have you have the opportunity to share a time that you were angry, much like I did when I stomped on the flowers through the knives outside <laughs> and kicked the hole in the wall. <sighs> and you wrote back, I'm going to read the, the text. It said, I don't really get angry in the same way others do or that one might think. Then you wrote, I also have a very hard time connecting past instances of emotions. And I thought that was interesting. And I'm going to kind of dig in a little bit with that one with you. Yeah. Let's, let's go. I also have a very hard time connecting past instances of emotions. First question is, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So I think, I've, I think we've touched on this before a long time ago, maybe um, during a meditation one. I, I, when I started meditating, I was, I was just cruising right along. I'm like, oh, it's going to be the savior of everything in my life. <laughs> and then I was going through, um, it was, it was two-sided. There was a module, um, in the eight week meditation program I was taking, they were guided meditations. And in this guided meditation, it focuses on, so the, the meditation object is kind of what you focus your mind and your mental attention on when you're meditating was re- recall a time where X happened, right. Or recall something that, you know, made you feel a specific way in the past. And I sat there in my hot tub and I thought, I, I mean, I, surely this has happened to me. I don't think it was anger based, but it was like a time you felt sad or a time you felt happy. And I thought to myself, well, I can't, I can't like, I can't make myself recreate the feeling of, of that joy or like, 
you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if, I don't know if that makes sense to other people. Cause I haven't found many people that make sense to, but like you are easy to, to remember like, Ooh, I remember I was so pissed off. <laughs> like, it, but if I think back to a time when I was angry to time when I was insert emotion here, I have a very difficult time putting the pieces together that will allow me to connect with that emotion again. So I, I kind of just wash it away. So like, Oh, I know I must've been mad when this happened, but I don't know. I swallowed it or pushed it down or pushed it away or whatever. And I could tell you that I was angry or I could tell you that I was, I felt a certain way, but I can't recall like the things that led up to that or what I did to get out of that or any of those things. So that happened. Um, and I thought, Oh, that's weird in the, in this guided meditation. So I thought, well, maybe that happens to everybody. So I skipped ahead to the next one and I was on my way, but it came up again as things in meditation often do and the flaws of our psyche. And I was in a, a meditation course in person at work at Microsoft and the same thing came up and, and the, the instructor said almost verbatim the same thing. Like, think of a time when you were, and I raised my hand and I said, I can't think of a time. Like, I, I know they've happened, but I, I, so I explained that to him and he just was like, I don't, I don't know what to say. Like, that's, that's a common, you know, meditative structure, right? Is to think about something, go back and refeel it. Kind of like you, you may have heard like PTSD, right? If you, if you experience PTSD, try to go back into it, unwind it, and then hopefully it will, it will subside or, you know, lessen in, in intensity but I can never do that. So that, that was my answer to you is like, I, I can't really think of a time that I was so angry or so anything that, that, you know, definitely nothing came out of it. Like, I don't, I don't get, I don't get angry and like lash out other than like verbally sometimes I'll, you know, yell at the kids or whatever, but nothing that's like, like, Oh, I remember that tangibly getting angry. So yeah, that was my answer. And I don't even know how to work on it. That's the craziest part. So I've heard of some people say like, you know, you can, you can eat psychedelic drugs, you know, and go back and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> or you can do breath work and, you know, you can get back into that kind of mindset in a different, like through a different door, but I've never explored that. But it just seems weird to me that when I think of, a, a, you know, an emotion, like this should have been the happiest day of my life. I don't really remember all the things that led to that joyful event or the feeling of that joy, if that makes any sense. Hmm. That is, that is fascinating to me. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm able to go back and I think connect with those emotions, yeah. and I don't, I don't know if live them to the extent to which they were on display. You know, when I experienced yeah. them, or go back and experience them in the same way. But yeah, they resonate enough with me to be able to go back and kind of. Yeah. So, like, so like, yeah. we, uh, I, I could see it on your face when you were talking about the steak knife, <laughs> like that steak knife. You know, you're like your eyes get tight. Like you could, you could imagine yeah. that steak knife. Like I, I can't do that. It's weird. So I wonder what drives like like memories. I would think like emotions are attached to memories. Yeah. Do you find do you feel that you have like more or less short term and long term recall than people that you know? I mean, I can recall things. I have a pretty good long term recall. I think my short term is a little. I don't know. It's kind of sporadic. I guess is the, is the best. It kind of has some Swiss oh. cheese holes in it every once in a while, but it, uh, it'll yeah. fill in. But um, I'm mean, I'm a I'm a pretty emotional person. Like. It doesn't yeah. take me a lot to get teared up. It doesn't, it depends yeah. on what I'm talking about. But when I try to connect those two things, like there's one thing that as I was talking about, I remember when each of my kids were born, I remember the sense of pride. And I remember that like the feeling like this is important. Like this, this is pretty awesome to watch this go down. So I remember like huge moments like that, but I've never been angry in that same way. So it does or does not go the other way with like moments of intense joy or celebration. You can reattach to those or is that the same as anger as you, you, you it's very, it's very, it's very hollow. Like I'd really have to think like, like even, a, even around those times that I was talking about that it, it came up, like in the meditation, 
I'd never thought about like childbirth. Like that just popped into my head and I was like, yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> but mm. like, yeah, so it's not profound in, in the way that it imprints on me. And I don't know why that is that way, but it's just the way. Or, yeah. I just curious to like, to think about like, I wonder if something, maybe get like Dr. Slammon on for this. I was but, just like, thinking about that. Yeah. Is this, uh, is it like a survival mechanism? Like it's been a coping strategy for you. Maybe, maybe. Consciously or unconsciously that, that has, that has been there and helped you get through some of the things that you've had to navigate in your life. It could be. Yeah. I don't know, but. Nonetheless, I don't have fits of anger and I don't, don't get holes in the wall, but you know, maybe it'd be better if I did. Well, because <laughs> I, yeah. I do a lot of just eat. Like I remember one time, uh, I remember one time that I got, I, I was so frustrated. I don't know what was going on behind me, the kids and everybody was in the kitchen here when we first moved in and I was doing the dishes and everything just got to a point where I was so frustrated that I just, I just stopped and I just put my head down and everybody was like, What's going on over there at the dishes? Like I'm just standing sink, just idle, just like thinking to myself, how in the hell am I gonna get out? Like this thing that's going on in my head, there's I don't know how to deal with it. And I remember thinking that. And then I just let I I don't know what how it just dissipated and that was it. But I remember Jocelyn was like, What was going on over there? I was like, I don't yeah. know. There was just it was so heavy that I was just I had to stop. So I don't know. It's the only other time I can think of. Yeah, I would say the single most helpful thing for me with when I get there is i'd say the two most things one is is a gratitude piece like all right pete like you're frustrated like you can offset this you know you can balance out this teeter-totter with a good thought right now or Mm. i don't like to use the word good but a a piece of your life for which you can and should be grateful i know you love the word should yep and then the other piece is yeah just like in the grand scheme like how big of a deal is this thing i think the more that i do that the more i start to realize this thing that i'm upset about is not that big of a deal yeah but then I start to beat myself up about like, dude, you get this upset about this. Like, what if something big does happen? You're <laughs> yeah, not even right. equipped to deal with that. You are so incredibly mentally weak that you're getting this thing like get to you and you haven't even had anything big happen to you recently. And that's when I start to be like, oh my gosh, am I prepared for like uh-huh. the big thing? But like, how do you prepare yourself for the big thing? Yeah. Well, you don't even know the big thing's coming until it's right in your face. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Then there's the old saying, you know, like we plan and the universe laughs. Yeah, for real. Because <laughs> you can plan a picnic, but you can't predict the weather, you know? Yeah, it's very interesting to think about. So I guess I guess I should share my tactical pieces, the gratitude and the the kind of scale of how big it is. What about you? Like if you feel yourself going there or what are strategies that you use to either not get there, like preventative or to mitigate um, your reaction to frustration when you yeah, start I, to feel, I feel it? Like, I feel like I'm very poor at that. Like if I if I... It depends how it's inf- how it how it's inflicted. I think is is what it really boils down to. Like, if it's something that I shouldn't control, can't control, however you want to look at it, I know I am aware. Like, oh, this isn't something that's a big deal to everybody else. Like, and I think that's where I think that's where the other the other part starts. Is if I think it's not something that that is a is of a, of concern to some to anybody else around me, and they look at me like that's weird. Then I think to myself, well, that's a that's a flaw of mine. What am I supposed to do about that? And then, and then that just triggers a whole host of, so I think you're right. There might be, I'm going to talk to Wild Bill about that, but if I'm able to, and I, I've had success with this in the past, if I can, if I can play and hold different outcomes in my mind for, for other specific things and then play them out, like in a, in the land of make-believe in the darkness of my skull, if I'm like, Oh, what if I did this? What, how could, how, how might that turn out? Right. Instead of what you typically do. So I try to, I try to interrupt the, the loop that usually happens by inserting a different response. And that works sometimes, but the ones that are over the long haul, I fail to do that for some odd reason, or maybe I just 
haven't tried enough, but you know, it's like the dog hair thing. It's like, I mean, clearly it could be OCD. You know what I mean? So maybe I should look at other help, but it doesn't drive everybody else crazy. So, but my daughter's the same way. Like she has a lot of the same um, nuances that I do. And we, we like struggle to be able to bridge the gap of, of what tools to use. And gratitude might be the answer. Like I might start thinking about that, but yeah, I don't really have any solid ones for that. That's interesting. Yeah. I do use gratitude all the time, but I don't use it in that way. So maybe, maybe I just haven't put the right cocktail together. Yeah, I'm finding myself. That's when I that's when I use it the most. Is when I start to find myself feeling frustrated or angry, and it's been it's been great. Yeah, I've I've really enjoyed it, and it, it doesn't have to be related at all. And in yeah. fact, that's almost better. You know, if it's a frustration yeah, out of that, right? Yeah, if it's a frustration at home, I can think of something I'm grateful with with school. If it's a frustration at school, I can think of something I'm grateful for at home. It's easier for me to detach from the frustration feelings. You know, it's okay to be angry, but I try to use that in a productive manner. Yeah. A solution based style. The anger? Like you like you channel it? Yeah, like like I'm okay with the fact that, that I can get angry. It's what I do with the anger that really yeah. matters, right? Oh, I see. Like you and so I talk about reacting versus responding. Yeah. How can I respond? And when I respond, it's a productive way. I learn something from it. I forge something out of it that's gonna be fruitful for myself or for others down the road. Reacting does not. Yeah. So if you're really so if you're really pissed off, like and you're angry, you take that anger and you like what, put it into extra reps of front squats? Like, like how does that work? Uh, could be that. Yep. It could be a chance for me to really kind of sit down and dial in like how big of a, a problem is the thing that's angering me and to know, and like you talk about habitual stuff, like to know like if this thing comes up again, like what can or should I do and what's the likelihood of this coming up again and to yeah. be better equipped to respond to it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try but, that. We'll see. It sounds great for me to say into a microphone on a podcast, but it's well, sure. it's life. It's real life. It's like yeah. how am I how am I gonna manage that in real time? Yeah. But I think that I've I use gratitude like if my if my day's dragging, like I'm having a hard time getting getting started or getting engaged on something, I'll find somebody in some community or somebody I know and I'll like check in with them and be like, Hey, that's great. And I, and I like use gratitude in order to I guess it's <laughs> selfishly make both of us feel better, but that usually gets the ball rolling. So I could see that yeah. being a mechanism that that would that can be powerful in that way. Yeah. So I guess all this to say, like, I, I feel like I have definitely made progress in stopping on my mom's flowers when I was nine years old. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I still have a long way to go. But I, I do think that thinking about the big picture and using gratitude are the, the two tactics that work best for me in those times. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. I'm going to try to use it. Mm. I'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow when I vacuum the floor, I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> I thought you have a robot that vacuums. I do, but I still have to... You still have to press the, the buttons on your yeah, phone. Is, I don't, yeah, you sound like you sound like Jocelyn. I thought you, I thought you loved the robot and saving your life. I was like, it is, but you know, still in vacuum. <laughs> I might not be drowning, but half my body's still in water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, funny, <laughs> funny, funny. Well, to all the listeners out there, we thank you so very much for your ears. We appreciate your time. We are incredibly grateful for your attention. We continue to urge and request you to reach out to us in any platform that works best for you. Schoolingstruggle at gmail.com is an awesome way to reach out to us. We are the School and Struggle Podcast. We are out. See ya. We got to get Todd to bed so he can get up at 2.30 in the morning. Here we go. Bye.